Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Live from Madison, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, doing good. I I just, um, if, if you listen to the show, you know that in the last about month, month and a half, I was living in a kind of a sketchy neighborhood and there was a shooting pretty close right outside my house and I was... Um, I've been thinking about moving for a while and uh, that kind of was the, the kicker for me. I was like, well, that's, that's my cue. That's my exit. Uh, so I just moved since the last time we recorded, I moved and, uh, it was a loadout drive, drive out of state, uh, then load everything into a new place all in one day. Exhausting. Um, I took my movers very well, uh, helped out. It wasn't just going to stand around while they move shit for me, but I am, now in a new home, um, doubled my rent, but I'm living in a uh, much not not Madison, place. Wisconsin. We don't have to say where, but not Madison, Wisconsin. For the, no, for I the just I, I just like I don't, just, I don't know. Madison seems like a fun city. That was kind of like where where Occupy started about uh, six months before Occupy really started. I don't know if you remember that with the um, there was the, like Scott Walker was trying to like the right to work bullshit. And there was like mm-hmm. a, there was like fifty thousand people showed up for like a pro labor rally at the Capitol in, oh, in wow. Madison, and that was like six six to nine months before Occupy started, I believe. So that was kind of like the the proto Occupy, I think. Uh, but I've actually never been to Madison. It seems like a nice place, but so yeah, I, I get to this neighborhood. I, I moved from a predominantly black neighborhood to a predominantly uh, Latino neighborhood. And when I got here, there was a huge outdoor street festival going on like a, a couple blocks away, and there were just like there was a live band playing. Uh, like Latin polka, you know, just like blasting it really fucking loud. You could hear it for, you know, forever. Um, but yeah, and they, it, people were, were really fucking friendly, uh, I, I think, <laughs> for for just pulling up, you know, white kid into a probably Latino neighborhood with a truck, you know, definitely got a couple looks, but people were, were welcoming and helpful. And uh, one guy even let me, was, I was uh, parked in this alleyway to load everything in where the truck was and it's blocking someone's garage door. And a guy came out and said, Hey, you need any help? And I was like, no, nah, I, I got anything. This is your garage. I take, he's like, yeah, but you're fine. You know, you're not supposed to park it here, but you know, if anyone says anything, I'll just fucking tell him, fuck off, you know, whatever. So I was like, all right, <laughs> there's, there's the, there's the welcome to the neighborhood as much as you can get really. Uh, so, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's a nice little four story walk up. Um, I got windows on two sides of the building, which is awesome. Nice little cross breeze. Uh, the bedroom view looks out towards the West. So I got a nice view of the sunset every night. So, um, yeah, yeah, I like it. It's good. Doing good. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, let's talk about the news of the week. Uh, cause you know, I think we're going to spend the bulk of the episode talking about the town halls that they, uh, had on CNN last night, but let's, uh, get a couple of the other kind of news tidbits out of the way first. Um, so, you know, last week we we talked about the Brett Stevens fiasco uh, where, where he was he was bullied off of Twitter uh, when he was mercifully mocked and, and referred to as a bed bug um, and, and his his fucking right wing, you know, pity tour that he did afterwards. You know, the typical right wing like, oh, I was leftists were mean to me. So now I'm going to get a bunch of fucking, uh, you know, cable news appearances out of it. Uh, 
shit, but you know, he, he really took it up a notch even beyond that. Like, I, I think we all kind of suspected he might try to play the victim in the fucking New York times, you know, the paper of record. In of the United I mean, States. he's got a, he's got a fucking, you know, he's an op-ed writer for, he's, he's got a column. Like he's, this is what he does. You know, you, you get, you yeah. get mocked and shamed on Twitter for your bad takes. It's like, I'm get off Twitter. I'm gonna go to New York times and write my fucking, you know, but like, I, I don't think any of us at our wildest dreams could imagine that he would have been as bad as he was like in terms of how he, and like, I assume like he would like use a good chunk of like an op-ed about something else to like tie his struggle to someone else's struggle. Dude literally wrote an entire op-ed about the historical use of, of, of vermin and rodents uh, as as you know, ethnic slur. He basically said that like people who called him a bedbug are Nazis, and he and he referred to like you know uh, uh, he he essentially referred to a story uh, where where you know bedbugs were referred to in regards to not Nazi extermination. Although he literally took it out of context, and the story was actually about a bed bug infestation. Right. So this is how fucking dumb this guy is, is that he had to reverse engineer his, his, his bullshit with this. So he did like a, a, a Google books search for the, the word bed bugs in any kind of association with Jews. Right. And the thing he used as bed bugs was, was right. probably somebody right, right. did that Google search. And the first result was no, the, the article. Is, it was he the linked it in his used. article. He did, he linked to his own search <laughs> results. That's how they figured out what the fuck he did is he didn't link to just the source. He linked to his search results oh, and people Jesus figured Christ. out that's how they, they figured out what the reference was. And in the reference, it even said there's notations there from historians saying that this was not a, you know, basically the, you know, the Jews had already been rounded up into ghettos. Right. And then there was a fire that happened in one of the ghettos and people remarked or it was in the paper or something that, you know, well, the Nazis are doing a good job because now the bedbugs are burning. And he was claiming that people were referring to Jews as the bedbugs who were burning. But the historian, uh, historical whatever notations in this this section he links to accidentally because he linked his own <laughs> fucking search results say that there was an actual bed bug infestation in in that in the ghettos and other parts of you know surrounding and it was the they were referring to literal bed bugs not the Jews right so he couldn't even fucking come up with an like a real example so, he fucking lied. Just for any any liberals that listen to us to think that the New York Times is is some venerated institution, that's the quality of reporter that they're paying to be on their op-ed staff. Like somebody that literally Googles Jews as bedbugs and isn't even smart enough to fake a link to the original source actually fucking links his Google search results. Like I've written fucking school papers with more uh you know significant fucking vetting and sig- more significant refer or like references than that like it's this, unbelievable this, how fucking lazy he is yeah. and that the fact that he gets paid by the new york times to write fucking op-eds and people wonder why we bitch about you know mainstream media and like papers uh, you know like the mainstream papers and how shitty they are I, i'm i'm amazed he didn't try to bring, blame like time traveling russian hackers for putting that <laughs> putting that link into his stool i didn't put that link in there how'd that get there <laughs> i know it's just unbelievable so you know brett, brett stevens just just the eternal clown is is who he is um but you know he's not on twitter for the next couple months so that that's good at least um 
but also another story. Well, not really story, but another thing I want to get to before we get into the main kind of bulk of the show. Um, you know, a lot of people were like tweeting us like, Hey, you should do an episode about Andrew Yang or you should do a thing like a, a whatever takedown of him. And I was like, well, I don't really want to devote a whole episode to that. I don't feel like he's really worth our time to do that, but there's a good significant chunk of the left online or, you know, people who think of themselves as left, whatever you want to call them, um, who think that Yang is good or they think that Yang is, is a leftist or progressive, whatever, you know, term they want to use simply because he's pushing UBI. And I really want to dispel that myth. Uh, you know, I, I, there was a couple clips that surfaced of Yang, uh, this week. Don't want to play the audio from, um, first of all, here's, uh, Yang on Jimmy Dore and, you know, people like have mixed opinions on Jimmy Dore. I think, you know, he, oh, whatever. I mean, I don't, you know, listen to him as much as I used to, but it's not cause I'm like, oh, I don't, I refuse to listen to him. I just like, you know, I don't really have time to listen to anyone's political commentary anymore. But you know, I, I think he's, he is, is, doesn't always say the right things, but he, he's not like a bullshitter. You, you know, have to qualify it. Jimmy Dore's got good takes, and he's fucking exposed a bunch of stuff. So let's yeah. let's hear so, what he has to say. Well, I, I I set this up because I he he really cuts through Yang's bullshit in like a really uh, interesting way that nobody else like that would not happen if if Yang went on like Tyt. So I want to play the audio from that, and then we'll talk about it. If you look at like some um, struggling mom and pop retailer around the country, like a lot of them are paying their workers like nine ten bucks an hour, and then if you say hey, it's 15 bucks, like some of them might cut back shifts or some of them might struggle. Like I've run a small private company and a lot of these small businesses um, are really, really close to, you know, like the the red at any moment in time. Mm-hmm. And, and something that seems like completely common sense to us being like, hey, just pay people 15 bucks an hour mm-hmm. actually would cause some of these businesses to say, you know what, I'm gonna have to cut a shift or cut a worker at the margins um, so again, I just rather just give people the raise directly. And I think workers would prefer that too. Yeah. If we just put a thousand bucks a month in your hand. Yeah. I mean, again, you, the, the UBI is cor- you're correct on that and you're incorrect on the other stuff. Uh, businesses hire when there's a demand for their product, end of sentence. And if there's a demand for their product, they got to hire a worker and nobody's going to go, boy, I have all these orders, but I can't pay that guy $15. So I'm not going to fill them. So that's an, that's illogical. That is a right wing talking point. That is not how economics works. Businesses are not uh, flourishing at that level. If they're just living hand to mouth and they don't have the orders and they have a hard time even paying the people they have, if you elevate those costs, it might, it might in some situations mean they cut shifts or cut workers. I mean, that's, that is not economic theory. That is sound. That is right wing talking points. But, um, uh, right. I have a small business. We have six, seven employees at this place right here. And if I can't afford to pay someone a living wage, I should go out of business. Why should I be able to make a living wage? But the person who generates that income for me doesn't get to have a living wage. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, I, I thought that was great. And uh, it, it shows you how flimsy Yang's entire fucking uh, facade of like trying to, to uplift people out of out of, you know, dire economic circumstances well, really is. The, this is always the argument made by big corporations that, you know, if you raise the minimum wage to living wage, then it'll put mom and pop shops out of business. And the thing that puts mom and pop shops out of business is having to try to compete with the big box stores, with the Walmarts, with the Home Depots, yeah. 
right? That's why all the, the downtowns of you know Main Street America are all boarded up because they couldn't compete, right? It was by being undercut on the pricing. It wasn't wages that, that yeah. put them out of business, right? And the thing that, that Jimmy's right about is, of course, what FDR said uh, famously, that if you can't afford to pay a living wage, you don't deserve to you know, compete in the market. Right. Like if you can't do yeah. that, then you you've lost like and you should go out of business. Right. Uh, yeah. he, he's correct. Right. But the other thing that doesn't get talked about very much and and, and when you really talk to like some actual socialist economist, because there's not a lot of them, but they're out there is, you know, when Richard you look Wolf's at the way that, that low wage workers spend their money, like where they spend their money, what they spend their money on, uh, you know, if you raised minimum wage from whatever it is now, say, most most places it's at least you know eight nine dollars. Federal is still lower. Raise that to to fifteen dollars an hour. Where are the, the people who got the the most benefit out of that that raise going to spend their money? Are they going to spend it on you know? Are they going to go to the, to the store and buy the cheapest corporate beer they can barely afford? Or are they going to go? Oh, I can I can afford to go to like the local brew pub and spend a little bit more on the beer that was produced locally. I guarantee that that brew pub is probably more likely relatively a small business if they're brewing locally, right? So it, mm-hmm. it, when you when you look at how low wage people spend money when they have a little bit more, they usually spend it locally, and more than likely they're going to spend it on other small businesses, right? So th- this idea that you keep your currency in your community and keep recirculating it, and it helps local economies instead of sending it off to big corporations, this kind of thing is the thing that is going to benefit small business the most. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and again, it, it, that's I think that's really an actual sound fundamental uh, economic principle is that if you can't afford to pay your employees uh, a living wage, then you can't afford to be in business. I mean, that's that's fucking, you know, and and of course, ninety nine percent of these companies or these small businesses can afford to pay these employees. They just are trying to shave more profit off of it, and it's I'm, and I'm not it, saying you know, it, well, in every person who let's say they are a small business owner. Uh, when they hear this, they're like, oh, I couldn't afford to do that. Well, of course, if you and you alone were, were going to do that, then maybe you couldn't afford it. But if everyone did it, then everyone's got more money. It's not like every, you got to stop thinking about this as like every man for themselves when it comes to. Yeah. More people will shop in your small business if they're getting paid and, more at their at their yeah. job. And if we pass Medicare for all, guess what? As an employer, you don't have to worry about paying fucking health insurance for your employees anymore because the government's got that. Right. So now you could afford to pay people 15 bucks an hour. So if, if mm-hmm. the thing, that's the thing, we got to have Bernie, we got to have Bernie to do all these things. Right. We got to have free college. We got to have Medicare for all. And we got to have $15 minimum wage. You do all those things together and they all work in concert with each other. Right. And you're only going to get that with Bernie Sanders. Now, you got to get that from Yang or Elizabeth Warren or fucking Kotmala or any of these other people. It's only Bernie that's going to bring that. Yeah. And just one more thing on Yang. If you still th- think that that he's good and that he's he's a leftist or whatever you want to consider him, uh, this other clip surfaced recently from an interview he gave uh, to C-SPAN, I think. So uh, let's play that also and we'll talk about it. Um, so uh, in terms of the money we're giving to an ally like Israel, um, my first instinct would be like, why would we reduce it? Uh, you know, uh, and so um, so certainly if I communicated something else like uh, that's not the. Um, the idea at all. Um, there are certain relationships we have that, to me, we need to rebuild and strengthen. And I would suggest that our relationship with Israel uh, is one of them. And what about the Arabs? 
Um, you know, you'd have to look at it in a case by case and say like what's happening in terms of our, our bilateral relationship with a particular party. Um, but my my zeal is to try and build strong alliances and partnerships. If someone's been working with us for a long time, they should feel like they're being rewarded for that, frankly. And then if someone has an interest in working with us, we should uh, be open to rewarding that too. Um, but for each country, you know, like you'd have to look at what's going on um, at that time and what the lead-in has been. So when it comes to land in Israel that's uh, being taken, even though it was granted to certain Palestinian families by the UN, uh, how do you feel about uh, constricting Israel almost to prevent that from happening and uh, constricting uh, political influence by American leaders in Israel? I'm not sure I understand the question, but I'll answer it more generally, um, which is like my, my, my stance on this is that it's going to be hard for the United States to constrict like uh, an ally or really just about any of its partners uh, in a decision that they feel is central to them. And I don't think that's our priority. It's not that we're somehow giving people aid so that we can then twist their arm about things that, uh, you know, that they find important. I, I mean, that, that's, that's on what par with like Gary. mean, yeah. That's on par with Gary Johnson's like what's in Aleppo, you know, like he, he literally <clears throat> does not know the, the most significant and, and well-known uh, conflict in the Middle East, the Israel-Palestine situation. He, he doesn't fucking know about it. Like this is no. like, he, well, so he doesn't he said, know what he's. When he said it, I don't understand the question. It's because he had no knowledge of it. That's, that's what he meant. That's, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable to me. Like I, I know He's people who don't even fucking follow politics. Do you, do you think? Do you think entrepreneurs spend time thinking about what Amnesty International is is tweeting out? You know, like they. And he literally even has not, even one good fucking on, on policy. Pakistan. Yeah, no, but he literally has one policy, and he knows dick about anything else relating to any of his other duties as a as you know a potential president. I mean. We we talked like months ago about like Mark Zuckerberg was teasing a run for president. Now uh, what a disaster that would be, and, and you know it didn't end up happening. We basically got that. That's what Andrew Yang is. Andrew Andrew Yang's candidacy is the aborted Mark Zuckerberg, you know, presidential run. Like yeah. it wouldn't have been much different, honestly. <laughs> like I, I don't really care to, to to think about Yang that much because he's he's going nowhere fast. But yeah, it, it's curious how many people are like you know people that, that we know on Twitter. It's, you, that's that's what makes me nuts. It's like I don't understand how yeah. he's fooling these people. There, like, there's I, like, one guy in particular, and I think you know who I'm talking about, who's very impressionable. Yeah. And you know, I, I I've I never really talked to the guy before, but I'm just like you could tell this guy anything, and he probably believed if you if you hit him over the head long enough. And I, I think that's what happened is like some some Yangers got to him. And, and saw an in and just like started DMing him constantly until suddenly he's like, oh, I just hope uh, everyone who uh, supported Bernie in 2016 will take a look at Yang because I really think that he's, he's the real, he's the natural extension of Bernie. It's like, what? He's fucking. He's like no. literally the total opposite. He's a fucking venture capitalist. <laughs> someone, Bernie someone is, is guy. a socialist, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> lifelong socialist. So, but yeah, I, yeah. And, and I, yeah, that's the only reason. And, and I'm concerned because he actually is doing decently in the polls. Like he's been up, you know, four five, 6%, which I know is like nothing, but that's also enough to, to, if, if a good chunk of those are, are people that might be inclined to vote for Bernie, that's concerning. And, you know, I'm not going to say anyone should drop out of the primaries, but like that's I really just hope people that supported Bernie in 2016 and that support the policies that Bernie supports understands that Andrew Yang does not support any of those fucking policies. He's literally trying to destroy the social safety net 
and giving you a thousand dollar fucking crumb a month while while they literally uh you know <laughs> cut down all of these other programs which actually pay out way more in benefits to you in the long run than a thousand dollars a month would especially if you're you know a poor low-income person and it, it's yeah. just it, so yeah, you, he's, you he's probably saw in the news how this this wisconsin company um started microchipping its employees Oh, right. God. So they, yeah. they could like pay for things or open doors with just like their hands instead of a fucking thing. And it's like and and of course and then they were like handing out T-shirts saying I've got I got chipped like it's a fucking <laughs> seriously. Sorry to bother you. It was a documentary. Yeah. yeah like work, <laughs> work at Globo Chem or whatever the fucking name of the company was. So I, I put out a poll today. It was um, uh, UBI of five thousand dollars a month, but you only get paid via microchip in your hand. <laughs> and, and, and so the, it's, you know, yes or no, would you do it? But I, I, um, I wanted to kind of nerd it up a little bit. So the options, uh, if, if you said yes, the, the answer in the, the poll was we are the Borg. Right. Um, <laughs> and if you say no, the, the, the equivalent was from, if you fucking know your Star Trek, there are four lights from the episode where Picard is being tortured and is being told, you know, he has to say there's five lights and it's actually four. And his like last act of rebellion is it, when he knows he's going to get killed or tortured or whatever. So still say there's only four lights. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and so I only got 15 votes on it. It wasn't a big deal. But uh, 73% said there are four lights. 27% said we are the Borg. So 27% of the people that, that follow me would go for a $5,000 a month to be fair. if they got microchipped to get it. To be fair, I clicked We Are the Borg, and I didn't really understand what either answer meant. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I know, because you're you're one of those people that doesn't get Star Trek references. So I just, it's, that's why I had to I've never watched it. Yeah, I'm not. I know. (laughs) I know. It's, that's a, if you want to know what radicalized my politics at a young age, it was definitely Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, gang sucks. Uh, he's a joke. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. So anyone that's still, you know, banging on about him being a progressive or a leftist or anything like that doesn't know what they're talking about either. Um, so, oh, one, one more thing before we, uh, get into the, the bulk of the show is, uh, so Amazon, uh, you know, has their like prime video where they produce original series and some good shit. Like you said, you watched Handmaid's Tale. I haven't watched that yet, but I watched that's not on Amazon. That's not on Amazon. Oh, that's, that's Hulu. That's you're right. You're Hulu, right. Hulu original. Um, I won't, I won't pay for Amazon cause it's just fucking Jeff Bezos. Just, I, I, no, I just use, I have a free, uh, you know, through my sure, family. Sure, but it's just, it, so. it's like that, that, that Jeff Bezos empire of like Amazon and they, they, their slave labor, factories and then you know buying up the washington post and then doing a, a, a 600 million dollar deal with the cia to you know whatever the fuck produce content for this it's just it's so blatant and now they've got whole foods every time you want to buy whole foods like do you have an amazon prime membership shut the fuck up and i take a shit on your floor if you don't fucking stop asking me that question uh yeah yeah just so just put this in, in to to put this Hopefully. in context of the the relationship between amazon and the washington post and the cia yeah, well, hopefully now you're, you're where you are. You have some nice local affordable uh, markets where you don't have to use that. Uh, yeah, actually, there's there's an Aldi like two blocks away, so I lucked oh, out. I love Aldi. <laughs> that's where we. That, I, that's yeah. where I shop for most of my food. It's it, you literally save like fifty percent of your fucking grocery bill. It's insane. 
No, it's great. It's great. And it's, I never, I never have to explain to them why I have a bag with me. Like every other store, it's like, no, 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 don't, I don't want the plastic. See, you see this, this, this fucking <laughs> bag, this, this messenger bag I have strapped on me. Everything is going to fit in there. I don't need plastic yeah. bags. And they literally they're just, don't have bags. They're just like, get, it, here, here, here's your cheap food and here, just get it off the counter. They throw it on the floor. You have to help <laughs> yeah, basically. It's basically like Costco, but like for, you know, everyday groceries. Um, it's great. So yeah, um, we, oh yeah. So uh, long story short, you know, Amazon videos produce content. They produce some good shows. You know, they produce that sh- uh, show, The Boys, that apparently everyone loves. I haven't watched it yet, but the they've also been producing uh, an adaptation of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan series, and, and I think it's ran for a couple of seasons now. Uh, and they released the trailer for this season uh, earlier today. Stars Jim from The Office. Uh, he's he's playing Jack Ryan, I guess. Um, and uh, it's kind of unbelievable, like how how how. Uh, I'll play the audio from the trailer and we'll talk about it. But it's yeah, it's yeah, it's basically it's, like the the Christian film industry for like right wing foreign policy psychopaths. Like that's basically what this this reads as to me. Yeah. So, so let me play the trailer for it and we'll, we'll talk about it. What's the most major threat on the world stage? Venezuela is the single greatest resource of oil on the planet. So why is this country in the midst of one of the greatest humanitarian crises in history? Yes, why indeed. Your concern is that the Russians are secretly selling weapons to Venezuela? It would fit a pattern. <laughs> this ends up in the news. It's just going to cause panic. In nuclear Venezuela, you will not hear about in the news because we'll already be dead. <laughs> Business a pleasure, Jack. Uh, I'm here for work. Yeah, I think there's more bullshit uh, beyond that. But I, so wasn't there? I thought there was one where they were like talking about how the um, Russia was going to nuclear nuclearly arm Venezuela. Well, they, they, was that a, was they said that. And that they said uh, they, you, you won't uh, you won't hear about a nuclear or nuclearly armed Venezuela because we'll all already be dead or something like that. Was the line? Fuck! Like what? What? What are they like? Literally, what are they even talking about? Like I, we've I, been trying to destabilize Venezuela. When I say we, the United States State Department, CIA, for decades, right? And, and I love that they asked that question. Well, if they're so rich with oil, why are they why are they so poor? It's like because we've had sanctions on them. You fucking moron! You know what sanctions do? Since we imposed sanctions on on Venezuela in 2017, forty thousand people have died, and those deaths are directly attributed to those sanctions. Right? Venezuela is not threatening any any of their neighbors. Right, they're not trying to. I, I, I literally games. don't know what they're talking about. Like, look, like, what the fuck? Venezuela wouldn't even know what to do with a fucking nuke. They'd be like, "Why are you giving this? this? Like, we have no use for this whatsoever. Like, what no. are you doing? Like, what is, f- this is this is fucking absurd." And and I and they've been dragging this all day. But yeah, I mean, so this is we we're not kidding when we say the CIA helps produce content like this. Uh, somebody I just saw somebody published this about a year ago, but they uh, re. Uh, tweeted it today and it was a list of like the uh, f- 410 films the cia helps produce <clears throat> right and, which means that they had to get authorization 
for the script before they would help. And to them. use their name in the in the script, basically. Right. Right. So, I mean, you get like hardware and you get the helicopters and everything, but it's got to be a story that favors the C or, you know, makes the CIA look favorable. So that's basically uh, just in a nutshell, like every big Jerry Bruckheimer action movie, Transformers movie, every Tom Clancy adapted film, uh, every Marvel Avengers Captain America movie has been done with the CIA's, uh, you know, this is like, not just that like they approved of it, but that they have like a liaison who's actively working with the film throughout the production. Right. Like the, the, this is, this is state run media, right? Like I, you know, I fucking watch the Avengers and everything too, but the, the don't, don't forget this is, this is state run propaganda. There's, yeah. There's a reason the CIA were like kind of the good guys in black Panther. Like there were one of the characters right. wasn't late. Like, you know, they, it was because they fucking signed off on the script and, you know, provided them with some equipment and, you know, et cetera. But it, yeah, it, it, it's they're usually more subtle, like they were in like in, in like Black Panther, where he's kind of a character, but he's kind of like unlikable, but he's sort of on the team, like on the good guy side. This is just straight up, like straight out of the fucking, you know, CIA, like uh, you know, the most uh, even what was the the line the the most dire threat of the most worst threat in the world is Venezuela. yeah the like, most really? significant significant like it's just so preposterous like, like not even a North country Korea. that. <laughs> literally only uses their military to repel a fucking uh, a coup you know helped which was basically staged and helped along by the united states the only reason they've used their military and in, in, you know in the past uh it, it's just in, in modern history at least it's just preposterous like that they're yeah, I, I, I there's Anthony, no you're forgetting what that Maduro the, promised to kill U.S. troops if they invaded his country. <laughs> the, the, yeah, <laughs> do, the do you remember that headline? Him. I figured yeah, yeah, yeah. whose headline that was, but it was just like like that. What? what? <laughs> like, literally, imagine if that was if that was like Donald Trump uh, promises to kill Iranian troops if they invade the United States. Like, that's literally the equivalent of what that headline was. And and people were like, "How dare he? How dare he? How dare he talk about killing U.S. troops?" Like, doesn't he understand that's what we do is invade countries? Like, that's the, you, you, <laughs> once we're there, you have to fucking surrender. Otherwise, you're in violation of our fucking rules. That's, and and that's why like this kind of like just generalized mandatory patriotism and or any kind of jingoism is such a fucking cancerous idea that we that we instill in everybody from birth and it's like you don't even understand how stupid these things sound when you really like think about them for two seconds it's like yeah if if, if somebody invaded the united states we'd fucking kill them like what like what you like yeah so so he's supposed to just let the u.s waltz in and and not res- like it, it's just so preposterous of, an, of a notion that i i feel stupid even having to defend it or to to you know, repeat it, but it, it's just like the mainstream media in this country covered it as if Maduro is the aggressor in that situation, and it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's it's just again how much the media, mainstream media, wants to have war, like because it, it it's just they can put all the graphics up of the planes and the bombs and everything, and it's just they get fucking great ratings for it. It, they literally they were frothing at the mouth. I remember this after you know when we were gonna invade Afghanistan, and then invade Iraq, and they had all these fucking you know former military contractors working for Raytheon, and you know had all used to be generals, or whatever. Now going on CNN and MSNBC saying this is you know this is this is gonna be the you know Gulf War 2.0. Like just just it's insane. It's fucking insane yeah. that this is allowed. 
you know, that, well, we don't, we know people really don't want war because we used to show what war really was back in Vietnam when we invaded and bombing their country. And to this day, you have generals that believe that we quote unquote lost that war because the media actually showed what war really looked like. And they were never going to let that happen again. So now it's just people talking about it and you never actually see it. And when was the last time you watched the news, MSNBC or anything close to that? And actually saw footage of our multiple wars going on in the world right now yeah you you don't i i I couldn't i couldn't think of a single i can't think of a single instance i mean the bush and cheney literally banned news organizations from showing the the caskets of all like the the soldiers coming back from iraq because it was you know they cheney learned his lesson from vietnam that was what really swung the tide of public opinion so they literally banned the news outlets from covering that when that would happen which would happen all the fucking time because thousands of soldiers died in Iraq, you know, and, you know, not to mention the fucking hundreds of thousands of Iraqis that we killed, but, um, yeah, it, yeah. So it's, it's just a fucking, it, it's just it, the, the, the level of, of, of propaganda from, from that show is, is, is kind of astounding. It's, it, it, I mean, almost reminds me of like the old, um, Kiefer Sutherland 24 show, like just how awful that was. Yeah. And, and, and then it turned out that the people, Abu Garib, who in, you know, in the, the other black site prisons didn't know how to torture people. So they watched that show to learn how, God. you know, yeah. it, it's just so fucking disgusting. And then today, today on democracy now, uh, it turned this got leaked um, by some uh, Iranian diplomat that uh, somebody from the State Department was trying to bribe some other country to uh, seize an Iranian oil uh, tanker and then hand it over to the U.S. Like basically just bri- like trying to trying to bribe people to commit piracy and they got caught for it. This is somebody in the State Department was was responsible for the, for trying to get this set up. Like we are trying, literally, just trying to provoke any country we can right now into doing anything that would justify a new war. You know, we, we've been hypothesizing, I mean, is Trump going to start a new war? And I think he's just like, he doesn't even know how to do it in a way that would, that would, you know, the world would go along with. So they keep trying to just, you know, through the media and these back channels, trying to get somebody to, to retaliate against us, the clear aggressor in this case, yeah. but making an entire TV show, an entire season of a TV show about how Venezuela is the most violent uh, and it's greatest threat in the world. Like they, they've done literally nothing to us. Meanwhile, we're trying to fucking wage a coup and topple their democratically elected government. It, it's yeah. just, it's insane. This fucking country is a terrorist state. Yeah. 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 And, but no, it's violent video games that, that makes everyone fucking nuts and on edge and super violent. It's not the normalization of the psychotic imperialist, you know, murderous state that we're constantly under. Um, but yeah, so speaking of people that love war, uh, Joe Biden, uh, this week, and we'll talk more about his, his town hall performance later, but I, the, the, another story I don't want to let slip, you know, under the radar, apparently in, in one of his speeches, he, told the audience that he opposed the Iraq war from the moment it started. Joe Biden opposed the Iraq war from the beginning, according to Joe Biden, Joe Biden, who voted for the Iraq war, <laughs> opposed the Iraq war from the beginning. So, you know, just, 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 just straight up lies about provable facts, you know, same as Trump does the exact same shit that Trump does. 
and and somehow he's still the fucking Democratic front runner on paper. So people obviously looked this up and they found that he had made very favorable statements about the war after you know several months into it, as it was you know looking like it was going good for our side, whatever that means. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, he's, he's a fucking clown. Um, and so this, uh, week actually yesterday, they had, uh, the CNN climate town halls, uh, because God forbid they have an actual climate debate. DNC made sure that that didn't happen, voted against, uh, allowing for that, even though everyone in the fucking party wants it to happen. Uh, Tom Perez did the bidding of the fossil fuel companies. They still taking money from and made sure that they didn't have a, uh, climate debate where everyone would be on the stage at the same time so you could really see how fucking awful joe biden uh was up against somebody like bernie sanders but you know ultimately i think it almost ended up working out better for us because (laughs) joe biden had to stand up there by himself for 45 minutes and and you know explain his climate policy and uh i think he had a fucking aneurysm mid uh town hall because his eye just started doing this disgusting thing. I, he was bleeding in, in, internally inside the, like, I, I don't even know. What the no, he, he had on. a blood vessel burst in his eye during the town hall. I thought he went, <laughs> I thought he went out there like that, but like somebody was like, is that real? Is that just, is his eye just bloodshot? I'm like, that's not bloodshot. That is a burst blood vessel in the eye, right? Like his entire eye was just blood. Right. So having uh, to having to defend his, his <laughs> record and his lack of policy specifics gave him a stroke. Well, probably. So this was this was something that uh, somebody from the um, uh, Sunrise Movement was on Democracy Now today talking about how, you know, yes, DNC is completely corrupt and, and owned by fossil fuels, the same as Republicans are, and refuse to have a debate. But I mean, those the debates we'd had so far are just a fucking a farce. You know, there, yeah. there's no actual. They can't get into any kind of detail with the format where everything is a, is a, a 30 second soundbite. Right. So I think it, it actually, of course, made Biden look worse because he had to, he couldn't even stand there. He had to sit down the whole time and Anderson Cooper pressed him on the fact that, you know, uh, the day after this town hall, he was going to go to a fundraiser with this guy named Andrew Goldman, uh, co-founder of Western LNG natural gas production, uh, based out of Houston, Texas, and Biden was like, "Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was you actually." Know, oh, the he, audio. He's not actually. <laughs> sure. Oh, do you have the audio? Yeah, let's, let's yeah, yeah. It. Let's listen to the audio from this because this is this is unbelievable. I'm I'm actually shocked that CNN called him out on this. Uh, you know, credit to them as terrible as they've been. I think our constant harping on them for being awful has actually, you know, made them at least realize that they can't fully get away with with propaganda. So here, let's play hmm. the audio from that. Senator Biden, I'm 27 years old. Half of all greenhouse gas emissions ever generated by the entire history of human civilization have been released in my lifetime. This despite the now well-documented fact that 40 years ago, scientists at Exxon and Shell knew and reported to their bosses that burning fossil fuels was warming the planet and would destabilize the climate. Fossil fuel corporations, their executives, their trade and industry organizations, and their think tank front groups have waged a decades-long campaign of lying to the public about the science, and it has brought us to a crisis that threatens the entire human race. Now, I know that you signed the No Fossil Fuel Money Pledge, but I have to ask, how can we trust you to hold these corporations and executives accountable for their crimes against humanity when we know that tomorrow you are holding high-dollar fundraiser hosted by Andrew Goldman, a fossil fuel executive? 
He is not a fossil fuel executive. I'm telling you. He, he, he is not a fossil fuel executive. If you're going to a fundraiser that's given in part by this guy who has a company that is uh, pulling up natural gas, are you the right guy to go after this? Well, I didn't realize he does that. I was told if you look at the SEC filings, he even he's not listed as one of those executives. That's what we look at, the SEC filings. Who are those executives? I've kept that pledge, period. So is that – are you going to look at that fundraiser tomorrow night? Or I'm going to look you? at what you just told me and find out if that's accurate. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, Aaron, uh, I you, uh, Isaac, I called you Aaron. I apologize. Isaac, thank you for your question. Um, and I apologize for taking up so much time, but I thought it was important to give some, uh, some context. Um, I want to go to Francine Strike. By the way, every one of my fundraisers from the beginning are open to the press. Press is for every, there's nothing that's done behind closed doors. Every single fundraiser I've had. You ever regret that? <laughs> Dude, even Anderson Cooper is just fucking oh, just yeah. jabbing how, the shit out of how, Joe Biden. Yeah, how bad do you have to be when a fucking little pampered Vanderbilt looks like a, an actual journalist <laughs> coming up against you, right? So, yeah, I mean, for, he 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 played it like, oh, I didn't know that for one, and then for two, even if I did know that, which I did, it's not true. Well, which is it, Joe? Right. Was it not true or didn't you know it? And then later in the in the debate, he says, well, my people told me that he has no say in the day to day operations of that uh, of that organization. He's on the board. But and so literally he didn't leave the stage, so he couldn't have been told at the break by his people that. So he literally lied. He did know that this would be that this would be brought right. up or that this would be an issue. So th this must have been the moment when his his, his eyeball started to fucking rupture. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, so needless to say joe biden's full of fucking shit uh andrew goldman is on the board of, of he's an executive at western lng he's heavily involved in the day-to-day -day operations because he's a fucking executive uh he's absolutely a fossil fuel executive um and joe biden said oh well if that turns out to be true we'll have to look at it uh joe biden is currently at that fundraiser hosted by andrew goldman yeah, uh, as we're, as we're at, speaking uh, right now, Western Joe is there. Yeah, well, well, let's just say he was just a hedge fund manager. Like, oh, well, that's 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 okay. <laughs> He's just a Wall Street bloodsucker that wants to take all yeah. your money. And, you know, <laughs> I just thought he was a regular Wall Street bloodsucker. I didn't realize he was also a fossil fuel guy. Sorry, guys. Yeah, But, yeah, I mean, this is who Joe Biden is. He's a fucking bullshitter. He takes gobs and gobs of corporate cash. He has no qualms whatsoever about taking money from the dirtiest industries in the world and he doesn't support a ban on fracking and even said it he's like well i just don't know if we can get you know congress to to vote like that's a such a fucking cop-out answer like if you believe in a policy i don't care if it's something that you think you'll get three votes on you say i support this and here's why i support it and if i'm president i'll make my case for it when you say i don't know that we'll be able to get it done which is literally what he said to somebody when they asked him if you ban fracking what that really means is I don't want to get it done. So I'm just going to say that because that's a great, you know, he learned that from fucking from pres his his buddy, President, my boss. That's what he would always say is like, I just don't know that we can get that done. So here's a right wing compromise piece of legislation that we'll do instead. So we'll start, you know, <laughs> halfway surrendered. Like that's that's what was, that was Obama's excuse all the time. And during his uh, his term. So was was Biden right before Bernie? Because I yeah, uh, what I. One of the things I didn't like about this was that they put it behind a paywall 
right? So you mm-hmm. couldn't just watch it live. But I did find like a, a bootleg YouTube site. stream, yeah. Yeah, or whatever it was. I forget what site it was. Um, so the the first person I saw was like Bernie starting at about halfway through. So I, I watched Bernie and then everyone after him. Right. Which was mm-hmm. probably more than I probably should have subjected myself to. But <laughs> I was going to why would you, yeah, you know, torture to, yourself? To, to the credit of everyone <laughs> who went after Bernie, that was uh, it was, you know, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Beto, Booty Judge, um, Booker. Uh, and then Booker, yeah, was well, he was dead last. Uh, I I thought all of them that I saw did better than I was expecting, right? And and there was a couple examples. Liz Warren, um, when she was asked if she would support nu- nuclear power, said no, and it was a hard no. It wasn't like, well, I'll take a look at you. Like she was like, no. And, and, and of course, that's, she's that's, that's, waffled on that recently. That's has she so already I... done that? Yeah, I mean, Bernie was a hard no too on that. Um, you know, one of the things I thought they would not talk about whatsoever was the animal agriculture, uh, which actually did get brought up uh, repeatedly. And, you know, a few people said, uh, you know, I think Booty Judge said, like, I've changed my own diet, but I'm not, you know, going to completely quit things and people can do whatever they want. But, you know, whatever. And I'm like, well, that's that's a shitty answer. But, you know, right off the bat with Booker. The, the the CNN anchor was like, hey, so you're vegan, right? And he's like, are, are you too? Like, and he actually went into a lot of detail. And, and it sucks because you realize that like Booker's bad on a lot of stuff. But he he started talking about like urban farming uh, and, and actual veganism as, a, as somewhat of a solution, at least for him. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know that if he was doing really well, if he was like, you know, getting the numbers that Warren and Bernie were, he wouldn't talk about that. He, he opened himself up because he knows he's got no chance at this point. So why not talk about some of these other issues? Uh, and I was I'm generally surprised by that. It was, seems actually refreshing. Although Booker was actually on some issues. Yeah, no, no. I mean, in, in, and I've criticized him for numerous things. Um, but unfortunately he was also very pro nuclear weapon. Or not or nuclear, nuclear power. power. Nuclear power, yeah. right. And he was like, I've talked to the industry experts, and there's all these new technologies that could come out, and, uh, oh. you know, they're, they're uh, completely uh, unable to go into meltdown. It's like they said the same thing about Fukushima. They said the same thing about Chernobyl. They've always said, oh, these are fail-safe things that cannot happen. They said that Titanic was unsinkable, and it sank on its <laughs> maiden voyage, right? Like this, yeah. this kind of arrogance that comes from these technocrats that think, oh, no, we figured it out, and it can't possibly ever happen. Is, is just, who, who told is how- who told you it was uh, w- was fail safe? The guy that was trying to sell you this billion dollar power plant? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's a totally unbiased yeah. observer. <laughs> like, give me a fucking break, come exactly. on. You know, and it's not that it couldn't possibly come to be that we figure out nuclear fusion, uh, or, or was it which is it fission? Which is the one we we currently do versus the one we can't do? I, I'm not I'm not great on this. I don't know, but <laughs> but, but but no. Here's, I, yeah. here's why it's okay though, because I actually know a. Uh, a, a guy that worked at like a one of those like hadron collider pl- type places like he was an mm-hmm. actual nuclear physicist and i was like hey hey uh what's the difference between centrifugal and centripetal and he's like you know we we don't technically know that if you get far, far enough <laughs> into physics. i was like see <laughs> so uh, so yeah it's okay bullshit, but but yeah so that that's supposedly <clears throat> the, er, fission because because um fission Back to the Future, Mr. Fission was the little thing they put the stuff in the back of the DeLorean to power it, right? So that's the one we can't do is Fission. No, so that's Mr. The one Fusion. That, 
Oh, Mr. Fusion. I got it totally so, wrong. See? So Fusion is the one we can't do. Fusion is the one we can't do, right? So that's supposedly the one that has like no nuclear waste. But of course, like that's not, we, we can't do it yet. We haven't figured out how to do that yet. So uh, yeah, you have all the waste and then you have the risk of, you know, just catastrophic failure. They've run out of space to store all the radioactive water that they're pouring into the Fukushima reactors to prevent it from going into, you know, like the China syndrome meltdown where it like melts into the fucking core of the planet, you know, the whole, you know, that, that can never be done. So like they've just been dumping water into it every day, thousands and thousands of gallons to cool it. And now they have nowhere to store it. And they're probably yeah, going to start. Yeah, done. You can't do anything with that water. It's no, fucking. Well, what, they're going to they're gonna dump it in the ocean, right? <clears throat> that's, that's the dilution is the solution. Anytime you have something that's that contaminated, you figure out a way to, uh, you know, spread it out equally into the environment so that it, it harms everyone a little bit, right? Like, uh, you know how, um, uh, you know, how you know, we, we've been putting fluoride in the water in U.S. cities for a long time because uh, yeah. supposedly it's good for your teeth, right? Well, uh, it, it can strengthen your teeth, but it's not good for all the rest of your body or your bones, right? And and for the longest time, we use sodium fluoride which is not as bad as what they do now, which they do something called hexafluorosilic acid, which is a byproduct of chemical fertilizer industry, right? <clears throat> that stuff is extremely toxic, right? And it's not even good for your teeth, but they've switched out the sodium fluoride for this shit, right? And it's, it, the reason why it's, it's, they can't get rid of it is extremely flammable, right? So they, get, they look for ways to not only put it out in the environment to get rid of it, so they don't have to pay to, to dispose of it properly, but then also to get money out of that, right? Uh, I don't know if you remember, it was uh, two days after the Boston Marathon bombing, there was a fertilizer plant explosion in Texas. That yeah, was, I remember it, that. You remember that? And there was just that, there's that video of this, this little girl and a father in a truck watching this fire from like a half a mile away, and all of a sudden it explodes, and it, 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 it looks like, a, like an A-bomb just went off. It's that yeah. big. Uh, yeah, so that was the stuff that exploded was this hexafluorosilic acid that we now put in our drinking water in most cities. Isn't that fucking seems crazy? Safe. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it seems safe. Like <laughs> It's just, you know, you, 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 the, the stuff that we do, is, I mean, I'm not one of those like totally anti-vax people or anti-GMO people, but like you read about some of this shit and you're like, I can't believe that we fucking do this. Like how yeah. did this get approved? Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, I agree. Um, but no, I, and, and that was the thing is, and like people are giving Bernie shit about the nuclear energy answer and, and, or Warren shit about it. Guys, like nuclear energy is not the fucking solution to the climate crisis. It's just not like it, you're taking one bad, uh, you're taking really dirty energy, uh, you know, in, in our, you know, typical carbon output with fossil fuels and you're substituting another slightly less dirty, uh, energy that produces fucking waste byproduct that, it sits around for thousands of years and we have nothing to fucking do with it. And then I, I, I tweeted about this and it kind of blew up. So I got a bunch of leftists in my fucking comments being like, Oh, well, you know what you're talking about? And they're, they're coming out with new technology that recycles the wastewater. I'm like, okay, so they're coming out with new technology. How long is that going to take to implement? How long is that going to take to build? We don't have fucking 20 years to wait for them to build a nuclear reactor that somehow is, uh, you know, fa fail safe proof it, it, it is fail safe and also somehow doesn't produce wastewater. Like that technology just doesn't fucking exist. That's a Andrew Yang fantasy. And right. Right. So and it's I, like, I used to, um, oh, sorry, I, I, I used to do yeah, yeah. Um, uh, telephone calls for fundraising for nonprofit 
uh, groups, a lot of more environmental groups, and I most of them were were pretty anti nuclear power. And I would get in these arguments with people asking them for money, and say, "Well, I'm not going to donate any money to you as long as you guys are still anti nuclear power." And it's, it's it's like, what? Why? Like that? That makes no sense. <laughs> like, you know, for, from an environmental standpoint, it's it's you know one of the riskiest things we can do with energy is is this. And the other thing that people don't re- seem to realize is the amount of cost it takes. Um, there was a um, it was up in Washington state. Uh, it was the last time they tried to build new nuclear reactors, which hasn't been done in, in decades in this country because of the, you know, just huge cost of trying to do it. I mean, it, it costs anywhere from about 10 to $25 billion to build a new nuclear reactor or, or would, if anyone was doing it in this country. And so the, the state of Washington had, you know, issued bonds to pay for this construction. And just because of mismanagement and some other reasons, the bonds def- uh, like they defaulted and the state taxpayers essentially lost all that money and their bond rating crashed. Right. So they couldn't build other projects. <laughs> they couldn't get other projects <laughs> bonded. Uh, the other thing is also just the insurance cost to build a new nuclear power plant because the insurance industry knows how risky it is you know, to, to run a nuclear power plant because you've got this all radioactive stuff. It can explode. It can catch on fire. It can kill, you know, thousands of people. If it, if it blew up, like it did with Chernobyl, uh, the, the cost just to get the insurance to build it and operate it is astronomical. No insurance company mm-hmm. wants to touch nuclear energy. Right. It, and so just, it's, it's like, you might think it might, you know, oh, the technology is better. It's not going to happen because they can't get the insurance to even build one right yep. now. Yeah. Yeah. And and another <clears throat> thing for people who think that nuclear energy is the answer or the solution, I just want to posit something to you. If we were to ex- to fully expand, you know, to, as a as a solution to the climate crisis, but, you know, heavily expanding our nuclear power industry, one would presume that that would mean at least one nuclear power plant in every state, if not more. So now you're creating 50 to 100 potential Fukushima's across the the continental United States. But beyond that, New York State is, is, I would say, one of the more, you know, as terrible and shitty and neoliberal as New York is, it's at least in terms of environmental regulations better than better than most states or better than, you know, better than most, you know, Republican run states, we will will say. The Indian Point uh, nuclear reactor in New York State has leaked dozens and dozens and dozens of times it sits on the fucking hudson river which connects to the atlantic ocean it literally they they leaked a hundred thousand gallons of of water of of nuclear wastewater into the hudson river in 1980 and recently they had to close it down because it was also because it was leaking again they're literally talking about closing the plant permanently because it's such a fucking infrastructure nightmare to keep to maintain and keep this up and nobody wants to do it. And there's like haggling between the state and local government. That's in New York State. Imagine if we build a fucking nuclear power plant in every right wing red state where they're all talking about how they don't want any government regulation. They don't care about environmental regulation. The fucking plant in Texas that blew up blew up because they didn't they were they were cutting back on inspections of the plant like they literally were forcing cutbacks of, of inspections on that plant and they missed a key thing which is why that plant blew up imagine that but in every fucking state and then that's how all of our power is supplied like 
how can any leftist think that that's a a feasible solution to fucking to the climate crisis? Like, it's baffling to me. Do you know who Gil Scott Heron is? No, I'm not familiar. No, he's the guy. He was like a, 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 uh, I'd say sort of a singer, soul, blues, jazz, uh, funk guy back in the 60s and 70s. He also did spoken word stuff. His spoken word piece, um, the revolution will not be televised. Uh, is, mm-hmm. is very famous. Oh he, yeah, 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 yeah. That expression. Okay. He did a song that. Uh, called "We Almost Lost Detroit." It's this very kind of like somber ballad about uh, the night um, that the uh, Detroit Edison's Fermi One nuclear plant uh, suffered a partial meltdown um, caused by a piece of floating shrapnel inside the container vessel. So, you know, we 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 know about Three Mile Island which happened during the Carter administration. This yeah. this happened almost 50 years ago that this uh, partial meltdown happened at this nuclear power plant outside Detroit. And it's almost like nobody knows about it. Like I, I, I know of it because of the song that Gil Scott Heron uh, sung about it. But it's just, it's like it, part of the song is how sad it is that nobody knows about the fact that this entire city of Detroit was almost destroyed by a, a nuclear nuclear meltdown. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's just a stupid idea and no amount of new technology is going to make this safe. If we can figure out how to do, you know, the other one that we can't do that has no waste involved and, you know, there really is no way to have it melt down, then maybe, but it it doesn't sound like that's ever going to happen. Can't wait around 50 years for that to be, you know, synthesized and and discovered. and, And apparently according to physicists, it may not even be possible to do. In, in this uh, time continuum, so <laughs> like now that seems that seems easier though than doing than than expanding and giving subsidies for wind and solar. That 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 seems way easier. Yeah, it's yeah like, I mean, the, we're the richest country <laughs> in the world. Why can't the government just say, "Hey, guess what? Uh, you're getting solar panels on your house, and here's a ten thousand dollar credit to go buy them." <clears throat> Like, why can't we do that? Yeah. We've spent, what, $6 trillion on war in Afghanistan and Iraq? Why couldn't we spend $6 trillion to make sure that we have a a feed-in grid where everybody is producing their own electricity for their homes? You get a battery, you know, you, you store energy on cloudy days, uh, you absorb more energy on sunny days, and that's how we run shit. You know, we, we still yeah. might have some fossil fuels for things like home heating. Like you're probably never going to have enough energy to, to heat homes through solar power. But like the idea is just a, a vast, vast reduction in the amount of fossil fuels we use. That's I mean, that is what 60 to 70 percent of our of our fossil fuel consumption is 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 right there. Or well, I should say our, our our carbon output is from our energy production. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, it's like. This whole idea that we shouldn't be spending $16 trillion over the next 10 years to literally save the planet, which would, I mean, just in the last like five years, they said we've spent $90 billion on recovering from superstorms. I mean, that's just in the last five years, and that's just like a handful of fucking hurricanes and superstorms. Like, exponentially, that's going to get worse. And that's like a tiny fraction of the actual economic costs, like, you know, levied by climate change. It's fucking preposterous to say that $16 trillion is too much money to spend on something that's going to cost us 
you know, exponentially more than that if we fucking do nothing or if we continue on this, you know, bullshit, like, half-measure path that we're on right now. And again, $16 trillion, everyone uses that as, like, a scare. Like, oh, my God, Bernie's fucking nuts. His plan costs $16 trillion. You know how much the bank bailout costs that Obama signed after after Wall Street literally fucking stole all of our money and crashed the economy? $29 trillion. $29 trillion. Almost twice what Bernie's Green New Deal plan would cost, which would radically transform the entire energy grid and transportation system in our country for centuries to come and potentially avert the most significant effects of climate change that we've, you know, exacerbated in in the modern, you know, industrial age. So Mm -hmm. it's it's fucking preposterous to me that anybody would even question how much this if this costs 600 trillion dollars like we have to fucking do it like we don't have a choice like do you want to have a planet that's habitable like or not that that that's that's what it's yeah it's it's crazy because literally like who who invented money and the economy and math we did right so we can we can do anything regardless of the cost it's not like we have to pay that money to you know, aliens from another planet. And it's like, oh, where, where will we ever come up with all that money? It's like, no, you can just fucking invent it. You can fucking literally, like, it doesn't even exist, really. I mean, how much money actually exists? You know, you, get, you got printed currency, but, you know, what, 90% of all the money in the world is just digital. It doesn't actually exist. It's fictional. Capital is just invented, right? We can do literally anything we want to do within the, the, the finite resources of this planet. And they are finite. Uh, I, I did want to mention... The question that Bernie got asked about overpopulation, because it's something that is so fucking taboo to talk about, apparently. Uh, It it wasn't 40 years ago when the population was half what it is today. Suddenly now it is taboo to talk about. Um, And and she, she, the woman who asked the question, even it wasn't like a gotcha question for Bernie. And, And so often we've seen with like MSNBC town halls, they it's nothing but planted gotcha questions from lobbyists uh, or interns for lobbying firms to try to make Bernie look bad. And this wasn't like that at all. This was just like, Hey, you know, this is a taboo subject, but could you comment on the fact that like, you know, overpopulation is a big component of our climate crisis that people don't want to talk about. And he said, yeah, sure. And he said, Bernie said exactly what I've always talked about. When we talk about overpopulation, we need to have global access to reproductive education and reproductive healthcare so that people can voluntarily choose whether they want to have children or not. Right. Yeah. So in, in, in that, that was a great answer, but predictably some people freaked out on Twitter. I saw one person say to the, in response to this woman, uh, fuck off with your Malthusian eugenics question, bitch, or something to that right. effect. Really? And really? it's like, okay, so Malthusian, that that's a, there's a guy named Thomas Robert, uh, Malthus, who was a, uh, English cleric and scholar who basically just figured out like, you know, we have a finite, uh, you know, carrying capacity of, of resources on this planet. We can only make, make so much food on this planet. You know, we're, we're, we're destroying, uh, you know, animal habitat by expanding how much food we need to feed an ever growing population. And our population is growing exponentially. Right. And people don't realize yep. that, that 60% of all the people that have ever lived in human history are alive right now, right? That's how fast our population is growing. And it doesn't, you can't just, you know, magically wave a wand and say, okay, we're all socialists now. Uh, and, and suddenly we have no, no, you know, food crisis in, in the world. You still got to feed 7.5 billion people, 
under any economic system. And that's by far, I mean, we, we've lost, people don't realize this, we've lost 60% of the animal biomass on this earth because we've been just bulldozing rainforests, lighting them on fire in Brazil. We've been doing this more and more to grow more food that we need to feed our livestock that we then eat. You know, and about 90% of farmland is just to grow vegetables, grains, and soy to feed a livestock. Uh, it, it's just, there's, there's they don't, people don't seem to understand there's only so much of that you can do before you're going to have, just you run out. You run out of wilderness. You run out of farmland. We're going to lose farmland to climate change. We're going to have desertification yeah. of, far, of, of farmland, and we're going to have less ability to feed the people we already have here, right? So, and we're going to keep know, growing exponentially as as a population. So it's 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 literally exactly. we're heading in the two wrong so, directions. So when when we we got to talk we got to talk about this, right? Because the alternative is is we don't talk about it. We don't address it voluntarily. And then we get to a point where governments go, hey, you know what? There's too many people. And who do you think the governments are going to choose to, to knock off for the sake of the environment? Is it going to be poor people or rich people? Yeah, obviously poor people because there's more obviously. of them and they're, they're less powerful. <laughs> exactly. So, so this, is, this theory is something called eco-fascism that will get to the point where it's so bad that the, the you know, fascism takes over as the environmentalists. And they start just wiping people out for the sake of the environment or, or, you know, they'll, of course, they'll do it along racial and class lines, but they'll say it's for the environment. Right. So like we've, we've got to talk about how to make sure that people, if they want to have kids are, are able to do it, I guess, uh, if they really feel that we need more people on the planet. Um, but we should also be incentivizing not having kids. There's tax credits for having children. There should be tax credits for not having children. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, our entire economy is built on an ever increasing population. So even countries that have reached like like population neutral growth, like you know, uh, Japan apparently has, now are freaking out, going, "Oh, but it's going to be bad for our economy. We need to keep increasing." It's like, are you? <laughs> but, and you, you know, it, it literally runs counter to the way everyone's been programmed, to, you know, and throughout like through American society since the inception is that, you know, everyone was told like, oh, you got to have a family, you got to raise a family. And really what it was was like, you got to raise more workers because the more workers we have, the lower wages we can pay them. So the more, you know, it, it was really at the best of capitalism, it seems like that, that, that whole like idea of like, you need to have as many kids as possible and you need to continue your, your family lineage like sure. that. What does that even mean? Like, it doesn't mean well, anything. Or there but was like, areas where, you know, because there was famine and, and, and disease that if you wanted to even have three or four kids, you had to have 12 because the, all the rest would die of cholera, right? And then <laughs> yeah, now, that now that we have more modern medicine, like, all those 12 kids are still going to live, right? But there's, there's a lot of areas mm-hmm. where they're still having a ton of kids. And then it's like, okay, well, now there's a, just rampant overpopulation, uh, squalor disease because now there's just too many people in certain places and that's not to say that like oh we should blame them for that but it's you know again we're talking about like the 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 amount of energy and resources consumed by one per or i think it's um for every two americans uh we consume about as much as every 217 people in india so wow. I mean, it's just it's vastly you know we we think like even the, the which is an industrialized country too. I mean, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, parts of it at least that's that's fucking nuts. Like no, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just we've got to um, 
look at the most ethical way to reduce our population, we would need five planters to keep up with the amount we consume globally, right? Uh, so when I, when people say, oh, lifestyle changes aren't going to mean anything, it's like, yeah, it does. If you're in a country especially America, the most, you know, consuming the most resources per capita, way more than China. Uh, yeah. Think about ways you can fucking curb your consumption. Like that's not a bad discussion to have when we're looking at the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Totally. Um, yeah, well, you know, people lost their shit about that kind of <laughs> for no reason. But um, Bernie was one more clip. Answer. That was my point, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Bernie had a good answer. So, what? Um, one more clip I actually have from the town hall was something from Elizabeth Warren's uh, portion of the town hall, and I think this is uh, really illustrative because a lot of you know shit libs, and uh, it's very clear that like to me, to me, it's at least it's clear that like elements of the establishment and the donor class realize that Biden's not the answer and that he's his brain, you know, as we said, is literally falling out of his fucking skull, uh, like on, on live television. Um, so they've, they've taken the, the, the gloves off a little bit in terms of like, you don't have to keep propping up Biden as much as, as you've been doing, you can hit him and you can, you know, you can call him out for his bullshit basically. And, and I've noticed like a little bit more of that in the media, but that's also because they're throwing all of their weight behind Warren because they realize she's the viable alternative to stop Bernie. She can siphon enough impressionable would be Bernie supporters to her cause and deny him the nomination, which is their only goal. Like, again, that's the only goal of the donor class and the media is to deny Bernie the nomination because he's the only actual threat to their livelihood. So, you know, they're what right now they're trying to prop her up, but this whole idea that she's the same as Bernie, but like a woman and slightly younger is just preposterous. And this is a great example of why she was asked about, uh, you know, public, uh, she was asked about nationalizing, uh, our energy grid essentially and, and public utility or, you know, utilities. So let's, let's hear her answer on this. Robert. Hi. Uh, Bernie Sanders has endorsed the idea of the public ownership of utilities, arguing that we can't adequately solve this crisis without removing the profit motive from the distribution of essential needs like energy. As president, would you be willing to call out capitalism in this way and advocate for the public ownership of our utilities? Gosh, you know, I'm not sure that that's what gets you to the solution. Um, I'm perfectly willing to take on giant corporations. I think I've been known to do that once or twice. But... For me, I think the way we get there is we just say, sorry, guys, but by 2035, you're done. You're not going to be using any more carbon-based fuels. That that gets us out. to the right place. And if somebody wants to make a profit from building better solar panels and generating better battery storage, I'm not opposed to that. What am yep, Elizabeth, capitalist to her bones, Warren. She literally that that's the equivalent of Hillary Clinton saying she would go to Wall Street and tell him to cut it out like that. That's literally that. Like, uh, yeah, it couldn't even it couldn't even support public utilities, which was just uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, exactly. You know, just the idea that you're going to solve the climate crisis caused by capitalism with more capitalism, you know, Um the guy asked the question though too. Great, great question. The way he framed great it, question. he could have yeah. he could have softballed it, and he didn't. 
Uh, and, and you can see how easily she gets flustered and just, I don't know if that's the way to the solution. I don't know why she fucking <laughs> talks like that. Cause she's what a rep from Massachusetts. Do you know anyone in Massachusetts that talks that way? Well, she's originally from like, uh, the South. I forget where exactly, but the, yeah, no, she's not from, she's not, she's not a Massachusetts native. So, yeah. Um, it sounds like, like she's from fucking Minnesota or something. Like, I don't know why she warbles that oh, way. She would, she would have us believe she was from Cherokee nation originally, oh, but, right. uh, no, but so, uh yeah i i she's she's just awful in a lot of ways that i think are you know pretty pretty subtle but they're there and i think it's it's really just uh, watching day-to-day people like tyt and like people like emma from tyt on twitter constantly gaslighting uh leftists and bernie supporters and acting like we're fucking lunatics for calling out elizabeth warren's flaws and and describing how vastly different she is from bernie on all of these issues it's like it's driving me fucking nuts and it's already a preview that we're it, it to me it's a preview of like the establishment and the donor class is going to throw their weight behind warren and then it's going to be like look at these irrational sexist bernie but they're, they're, they're just angling for a way to pivot to the 2016 attacks the the uh, yeah you know of course that's all it is um it, it, even the fucking sunrise movement just tweeted out a bunch of favorable shit about about Elizabeth Warren. So yeah, and they were and they were quibbling about Bernie, um, you know, not supporting ending the filibuster, nuking the filibuster entirely. Which right, he, he had actually what, a decent what a, what a procedural answer for that. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, oh, of of course, the, like these eighteen year olds all of a sudden are super well versed in parliamentary, you know, proce- Senate proceed senatorial procedures. It's like no, somebody told you to tweet that. You know, what Bernie said about that is like, look, I don't want to nuke the filibuster entirely because then the Republicans are going to do what they always do and abuse it. Now, I, I, you know, I kind of happen to disagree with him. I think the filibuster is fucking stupid. And if you have a majority, you have majority. But that's, you know, but but he gave an answer of like, look, what we would do to get these plans through is what the Republicans do. We'll cheat the system. Essentially, we'll use budget budget reconciliation to get these plans through since they are going to be affecting the the overall national budget. And you only need 51 votes to get a budget reconciliation bill passed. So it's not going to require nuking the filibuster. Now, I would say to Bernie, like, honestly, Mitch McConnell is going to nuke the filibuster as soon as they have a majority. But whatever, you know, like if you if you think you can get through using budget reconciliation, then do it that way. But like for them to act like he's giving like a cop out answer is is really fucking suspicious on their part. Like, I don't know who, you know, who controls that Twitter, but that was really suspect to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. it was it was bizarre. I mean, Liz Warren, we know that she's a half measure, even if she meant the things she said. And even then, it's like, you know how fucking weak she is on this shit. Any amount of pressure and she gets flustered, even just trying to describe her position, let alone fighting for any of this shit. No, it's not going to happen. We're not going to have a Green yeah. New Deal under under Elizabeth Warren. Uh, you know, she she can. We're not going to Medicare for all likes. under Elizabeth Warren. No, we're not going to have anything. It's just again, it, it shows how desperate they are that she's the one that the establishment is trying to bolster right now because they they know that people desperately want Bernie and they're terrified of Bernie because he's the real yeah. fuck deal. And you know, it's it's going to be difficult though, right? Because it's easy to attack Biden. On, on how bad he is, it's going to be tougher mm-hmm. to attack Liz Warren because she's like the 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 soft, gentle, fragile Hillary Clinton. Oh, 
gosh, yeah. Chucks, I don't know how we're going to do it. It's just, it's like, how do you go after that? With, with she's way more, she has, she has a much, le- she's much more personal than Hillary, which is, 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 you know, to her benefit, but that's also yeah. what they're going to use. You know, she, she's but, your fucking Aunt Helen. She's not a fucking fighter, and we don't have time for Aunt Helen to 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 you know sit there. Oh, here's my husband. Have a beer. Oh no, okay. You know, like just what the fuck yeah. is that? How did she get to become yeah. a senator in the first place? She's Christ. from Oklahoma originally, by the way. I looked it up. That's I knew it was did somewhere. Oh, God, it was somewhere that no one cares about. Um, <laughs> sorry if we have any fans in Oklahoma. Yeah, I was gonna say no, no, no hate for any of our Oklahoma listeners. We we know you guys don't want to be there as much as you know. As yeah. much as anyone else doesn't want to be in a in a horrible backwards, you know, government no, run I mean, state. She, she's only running to hobble burning, <laughs> same as anyone else. And she puts on this yep. Ashuk's persona to deflect criticism. And yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to go, we're, we will have to go after her. Obviously, we're gonna fucking because he's not gonna do bullshit. it. I mean, that's this is this is one of Bernie's unfortunate nope. flaws is that he's too nice to all of his colleagues, including the shitty ones like Joe Biden. Like he he'll he'll make policy you know he'll he'll show the differences between them and policy but he's still too nice to go after these people for the you know for being the corrupt pieces of shit that they are like that's unfortunately one of bernie's flaws from from knowing these people for 40 years is that he doesn't want to like shit talk his friends you know even though he knows that they're terrible on policy so that's why we have to do it as much as possible. That's why he hires somebody like David Sirota, who he knows has no qualms bringing the fucking facts and talking all the justifiable shit about these people that needs to be talked. Like that's, that's why he he's brought on the people that he has this go around. Like he doesn't have the, the flu of crum- the flunkies he had last time. Even if you think that Liz Warren is good enough, you know, and, and is, you know, the next closest thing to burning besides all the rest of these fuckers, you have to be honest with yourself. There's no, fucking way elizabeth warren is getting on a debate stage with donald trump and coming away looking like the winner to to mm-hmm. the rust belt to middle america to, to anybody who's undecided right it's just not going to happen she's not going to fucking beat donald trump in the election right so you need if you're listening to this and you're like i don't know bernie or liz it's kind of whatever support the strongest candidate support the guy who's going to fucking beat trump Kick him down a fucking flight of stairs and save the world. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> we're going to get out of here. But oh, hey, uh, there was there was one last thing I wanted to yeah, touch on. Yeah. Uh, we, I sort of mentioned to you off air that I do bring back unpopular opinions because I wanted to say one little thing. And it's definitely, I think, to most people, an unpopular opinion. So I don't know if you had one. Well. I, I don't have one, but I'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about your unpopular <laughs> sure. opinion. Sure. So uh, Scarlett Johansson, anytime she's trending, is usually for terrible reasons. And uh, she was again this week uh, for what I think most people were at least thought were cringeworthy reasons um, or reason. Uh, and it was that uh, she she was you know, some just I think it was like Vanity Fair interview, whatever it was. And she was like, hey, you know, I, I um, uh, that Woody Allen is a close friend. And I believe him. They didn't molest any children. Uh, and I'd work with him again. And people were like, oh, my God, that's the worst fucking thing. And it, it was weird to me because you've, we've got a guy like uh, O.J. Simpson who was convicted of being a double murderer. 
And he's still got shitloads of friends. He's got almost a million followers on Twitter. People hang out with him. They can take selfies with him. He's got clearly got close friends. Whoever records <laughs> his fucking his golf videos must be somebody close to him. And like Did- nobody gives shit to any people that are like, eh, Jay Simpson, whatever. But yet, you know, Scarlett Johansson, for all the awful shitty things she says, she's like, hey. There's so many hey, other things with her, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like the fucking soda, the, you know, the Oxfam soda stream debacle, you know, her saying that she could, you know, basically likened trans people to trees, that she should be able to play either one in a movie and doesn't understand when people are pissed off, you know. Just all the things, like, I think that, you know, regardless of what you think about Woody Allen, whether he is innocent or guilty, whatever, if somebody... It's not like she defended him and said, well, if he did, then there's, you know, she didn't make any defense. She just said, I, I don't believe the accusation and I believe him. And if that's your close personal friend, isn't that like, don't you kind of have room to say that, you know, it's not like fucking Weinstein where you've got dozens and dozens and, you know, this was, this was one single person that accused him, nobody else. And he's always denied it. Right. And and so yeah. there's no other. Evidence. And, and he's certainly a creep, you know, he, he's certainly exhibited public creepy behavior. But, you Absolutely. know, but that doesn't mean he was guilty of the crime no, that he course. was accused of. And we don't know. There's no other evidence. So if somebody says, I believe him and they're close personal friends, it's kind of like, all right, well, I even if I don't agree, I can I'm not going to give you shit for believing the guy. You fucking know him in real life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so no, I, was, I understand. Uh, People was, stick by their friends when they when they get accused sure. of shit. It makes sense, but there's a certain uh, level of bias that I think should be appreciated and understood. Because if, if something like that happened to somebody that you knew and you stuck by your friend because you believe them, would you want people giving you shit for that? Like, no. Like that's that's just I don't know. It seems like a normal thing to me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and again, there's like fifteen thousand other reasons to cancel Scarlett Johansson if <laughs> you want to cancel her. She's a fucking idiot. Absolutely. Like, every well, time she opens her mouth, she says some stupid shit. And oh, you know, know. There, somebody, uh, a, a mutual follower of mine, said, "You know, the thing we f- we didn't realize about canceling Scarlett Johansson for all the other terrible things was that it would give her license to just keep saying awful shit because she there's nowhere <laughs> else to go now." <laughs> so. Very true. And, you know, Very true. I mean, still, it it it's like we've seen people rightfully get blacklisted, you know, in Hollywood, and other people get blacklisted who didn't deserve it, whether it was for political reasons or like the whole Johnny Depp thing, where everyone said that he was an abuser for so long, and that turned out not to be true. Turned out it was the fucking the other way around that the person that accused him was actually abusing him. Right. And it's just and even still, there's people that don't know that, that 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 turned out to be completely untrue. So, yeah, I mean, just, you know, before you need jerk on Twitter, have some sense about whether it is real or not. And if you don't know, don't have a strong opinion. Because if, if there's, you know, if there's not a ton of evidence, you don't have to have an opinion on everything immediately. Yeah. Like, I think that's yeah. a good lesson for, for people. You don't need to have a super strong opinion that you're not allowed to be moved from, you know, yeah. immediately like, on every there's, issue. There's, or There's nothing wrong in saying, I honestly don't know. Right. And, and if you don't know, you don't have much to base a strong opinion on. Yeah. And I will say in defense, because I follow OJ Simpson, I think a lot of people follow OJ just to make sure he's not in their neighborhood at any given time. <laughs> just to <laughs> make just, sure, you know. Right. Well, they for safety reasons. But. With, for, for the day that his mind finally slips long enough where he just like literally admits that he did it. 
<laughs> where right. he tweet deletes. He's like, yeah, yeah, bitch, I did it. And then tweet deletes. It. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got it. I got a screenshot though. Right, guys, so we got proof. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> we know from that guy who was in person or well, not in person. We had a parody account that he basically <laughs> admitted to it already when he was like, I'll, I'll kill again. It's like, uh, again, <laughs> Yeah, within like three <laughs> days of getting Twitter, OJ Simpson admitted that he killed Nicole and also threatened to kill this random guy with 10 followers on Twitter for mocking oh, him. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, no, I tweeted at so, that guy and gave him gave him props for basically getting OJ to admit that he actually fucking did it. <laughs> oh my god, he accomplished what Marcia uh, Marcia Clark and uh, and the entire DA's office in LA couldn't do. <laughs> he got OJ to admit that he did it. Um, I mean, aside from the entire chapter of a book he wrote where he admitted that he did it. <laughs> yeah, no, other, other than that, like that hypothetical chapter of the book where he described in vivid detail the murder of uh, his wife and, and Ron Goldman. You know, other than that, now, yeah. Um, man, he's right. a piece of shit. But yeah, all right, let's get out of here. So uh, w- uh, if you want to support the show, uh, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out. Uh, we're getting a lot more ratings on there, which is nice. It's helping the algorithm out helps out like the one star reviews from the right wingers who've like downvoted our podcast. So, you know, we have like, uh, we have a bunch of five star and a bunch of one star or not, a, but we have like several one star and a bunch of five star. So that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, that's certainly not like, Oh, you know, I, li- I listened. Uh, I didn't really love the production quality. It was like, Oh no, these fucking, you know, socialist commies are trying to take away all my money to give it to the port, like whatever. Um, my favorite criticism is always the the people that are like oh i love your show just you know do you have to swear so much and it's like i didn't know we did <laughs> because it's not <laughs> a thing i'm conscious of because like when you when you can say whatever the fuck you want you just you start to swear right it, yeah it starts to, the way people talk yeah i mean but it, I, that's I why i think even, a lot of people like the show too because like all those people are like oh yeah it sounds like i'm like at the bar with my buddies just like shooting the shit the reason they say that is because that's how people talk in real life. Like people don't talk like like the fucking NPR podcasters talk. Like you know, God no, they don't. So, but I, yeah, I uh, the, you know, even with like TYT, oh, we're not allowed to swear because we're on a couple of platforms that don't don't allow it. It's like a joke. Get the fuck off there. Like yeah, you, like, <laughs> you, you got a platform to literally say anything you want to uncensored so it's like 50 percent of the appeal of tyt like in the early days was that they yeah, didn't have originally. like to censor themselves but uh yeah oh well oh well well we're we're gonna keep moving left then apparently so we'll be the yep. the the younger turks <laughs> yeah uh without all the the weird implications from that name that that, that are that are associated um so yeah, uh, rate and view and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can follow us and share the show out from SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. We are on Teespring at tinyurl.com slash move left merch. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash move left. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. And I'm on Twitter. It's Smut Collector. That's spelled with an E-R, not an O-R. Yep. We'll see you next week.
There's insanity in the control room tonight.